Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. According to LinkedIn, the number way to discover a new job is through referral. And referrals are the top source of quality hires. So look, there's a lot of good people who responded to job postings these days, but most likely they're being passed over. Well, we're going to talk about why. Our guest today says the answer is serving up less and maintaining more when looking for talent. Using AI and machine learning can help target the right applicants to diversify your talent pool and find the right hire. Today's quote, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Any idea who said that, uh, Ladan? <laughs> Milton Berle. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a whole dissertation on <laughs> who Milton Berle. That's actually Paul, our engineer's dad. No, I'm kidding. Oh my God. I, I was like, you just made me practice his name <laughs> and go through all that. That's his dad. I'm kidding. I'm Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes by identifying a specific problem and providing a proven solution to help you win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Ladan Davia. She's the founder and CEO for BIA. Bia is a meta search engine for jobs that host all jobs on the internet in one place. It is the only platform that uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to accurately match candidates to jobs they're qualified for, solving the faulty keyword issue, which we're going to talk about today, right? Love it. And on uh, other online platforms. Ladon has been featured in publications such as the New York Times, Fox Business, and the Wall Street Journal, and then here on the Higher Power Radio Show. The most important one. Absolutely. <laughs> Who's heard of the Wall Street Journal anyway? <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> right? And using her influence to help young entrepreneurs, especially women, break through the tech industry, which makes Ladan a perfect expert for today's topic. Ladan, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to have you. All right. So we're going to we're going to battle it out today, right? Let's do it. All right. So I've gonna... never been on a show where we battle it out. Yeah, this is like... It's usually boring Q&A. I, right? So I have boxing gloves down the floor below. Yeah, me, I'll so get them. <laughs> just feel free to punch me whenever you want. All right. So today we're going to cover a few things. We're going to talk about applicants versus referrals, maybe other hiring options as well, if we got time. And then we're going to talk about how to level the playing field and bring the right talent forward, regardless of where they came from. So let's start with the obvious question, which is, I'm going to play to your expertise, which is, why is it wrong to focus on referral candidates as opposed to applicants? Okay, one of my favorite topics. I feel I like know. I could talk about it for years. Um, we only have 20 minutes. Though. Short answer to, <laughs> for the sake of time, it's wrong because you are excluding an entire group of people who are not connected. That's how I feel about it. You know, there are plenty of people who are self-taught they're first generation. They don't have a family. You know, they don't have parents, uncles, aunts who are connected mentors who can connect them to jobs. And if you don't have that, you are completely lost in the referral system. It gives, what, an unfair advantage to those who have the connections? Yeah. And it's not just connections. You know, you can be someone who is self-taught, put yourself through college, you have internships, and you create a network for yourself that way. 
that's not really the same thing is when we say all referrals because that's not how it's done most of the time. Most of the time it's either you don't go to college or you go to college and when you graduate, you're not going through your career center. You're not going on your own efforts. You're going to your parents, your parents network and you're getting a job that way. And that's what I don't think is right. Although I've been someone who has benefited off of that. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen. You know, I always viewed myself as a hard worker though, you know, and I had nine or 10 internships in college. I created my own network as well. But a lot of the times you're seeing people who go through the referral system, get placed in jobs they don't belong in, But what that does is, again, it's excluding an entire group of people who don't have a wealthy and connected network. So you're talking about primarily people who are new to the job market as opposed to people that have been in the job market for a while. I am. Because I think people have been in the job market for a while. Let's say you're in interior design, just whatever. You have made a name for yourself, at least in that market. You would hope so. You'd hope so. Um, You're working with clients. You're working with other, you know, manufacturers, outlets. So if you find yourself in a point of transition and somebody knows that and connects you with a job, at least that is off of your own experience. My biggest problem is for first year, you know, you're starting out your career and those few years you're out of school are so important because you have to start paying your student loans back. You have to start making a name for yourself. And again, if you don't think about it, you're 20 years old, you're graduating from school. Who do you go to if it's not really a family connection? Well, even with candidates that are in transition or more established people that have been in the market for quite a few years, if they don't have a network or if they've been at one company for a long time, yeah, they don't really necessarily have the access to referrals either. Yeah. And you know, if you're really committed to your job, you're not usually going to a bunch of networking events and no. and creating that because you're committed to your you're busy current, working. You're busy working. You're committed yeah. to your current company. So again, there are plenty of skilled people who just don't have this large network to pull from. So you've got a couple different issues here. And so well, even at the senior level, most of most of the key hires that I see happen usually tend to come from employer referrals mm-hmm. or referrals through whatever their network is, right? Are they necessarily getting the best person? I don't know. But usually when you come referred in, you've got a higher chance that that person's going to be successful because you've got somebody who can vouch for them. Yeah. Right? Whereas when you're hiring somebody off a, an application, it's it's basically a big unknown. And that's a tad bit scary, especially if you're a smaller company. Absolutely. You're a startup, right? Yeah. I would imagine that at some point you might have made a bad hire based off of Oh, my job. gosh. Absolutely. Right. My first hire was the worst one I ever made. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And it was a referral. <laughs> oh, okay. It was so a this referral. is why you hate referral people. So, you know, I, I've always <laughs> felt this way. We're getting the truth, guys. <laughs> I've always felt this way, but that really solidified it for me because, again, just because I had just thought of the concept for Bia. Mm-hmm. I was building out my team and I needed someone to actually build the platform. So I started going through my own network and I was speaking to the president of my university at the time and he connected me to two brilliant engineers and I hired them. I feel like when someone refers someone to you, you put a lot of faith in that person with even before the vetting process begins. So even though you do vet them, you're but still... did you really vet them? Absolutely, Cause yeah. Because that's really the... Yeah, my investor met them. Um, I had other software engineers look at their work. So 
what else can you do, right? That was for me. And then you'd think this is someone who's a mathematician himself. I mean, that's a, you know, he's not a dummy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a so. well-respected guy who's worked with them before. So when I hired them, they turned out to be two complete con artists who ended up stealing money from us, uh, wasted a year of time, never delivered the product, and then completely disappeared. So you know, and I, I've I'm heard not that the story, only. Yeah, the way, th I'm not the only person. Founders, quite a few times. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it happens a l very commonly in our field. And it, that's a challenge that I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurs: is you get somebody who's got a great idea, they've got the access, they're able to raise money, mm -hmm. but they don't have a technical founder. Yeah. And when you don't have a technical founder, that becomes very challenging. It does, yeah. and I usually say, even for myself, when I think of other business ideas and stuff, I always think you should be an expert in whatever field you're in. So if you're starting a tech company, you should be a you should be an expert in technology. But I think now with tech, there are so many amazing companies that have been started by non-technical founders who have good talent. Well, if you think so, about it, most companies that are now tech companies. Yeah. They're forced to be. Yeah, they are. I mean, yeah. I think Domino's has done a great job of that. They make pizza, yeah. but their online way of ordering their app, their technology is so good. It really has turned into a tech company. Oh my God, I'm going to sound so bad here, but I, I've never ordered Domino's. I don't, well, need, I don't need pizza. <laughs> you haven't lived with, <laughs> I don't know, five girls in a college house. <laughs> All right. So are employers losing good talent because of the fact that they're not paying attention to people who are applicants? I think they are. And again, I really mean this for people who are starting out their careers. When you're looking for those entry-level positions, I do think they're missing out on that. I think one of the challenges that most companies have is just it's mainly a timing issue when we're coming down to it, really. Because if you get 300 applicants and you yeah. get one referral, where are you going to spend your time? The referral. Absolutely. And I understand that part yeah. of it. Yeah. And I would too, probably. Resumes, uh, we've all kind of learned that resumes, well, they're bullshit in a way. Yeah. I mean, I actually just read something somebody said the other day. If you want to get an interview at a company in really small letters and in white, copy and paste the job description and put it in the yeah. footer and then make it white lettering so they can't see it, but it's all there. So when it get parsed, it gets pulled up. Yeah. There's little tricks like that where you can get past the interview field. The fact that you're able to trick the system to get your resume pushed to the top is just another example of how it's not always like I understand that it's very annoying to sit there and go through resumes. There are companies that get thousands of resumes a day mm -hmm. for jobs. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to sit there and read every single resume. But that's what transitions into the keyword match. That's why it's so problematic. And it's made this problem worse for employers. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Check out our Passive Talent webinar at stridesearch.com. Our guest today is Ladan Davia. She's the founder and CEO for BIA. And we're talking about applicants versus referrals. We, we haven't really bust out the gloves yet, huh? No, we haven't. It, we've been good so far. <laughs> I know, right? This has been way too cordial. Let's talk about the timing thing because I think that's really important. How do we get past that? If you get a thousand resumes, how are you going to be able to get to the right people? Right now, the way it's being done, it's very difficult to do that. I think companies have to invest in other tools to better filter because right now this keyword match is not working. No, it doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all. And everyone knows that, but people still pay a lot of money to use these keyword matching systems. All right. So how do we do that? How can a company utilize uh, another resource or what would be another option for that? Yeah, I would say 
investing in businesses that use that don't use a keyword match meaning using things like artificial intelligence, machine learning. These are algorithms that you can feed as much information as you can into them and they really can learn over time. They just get better over time. It never gets worse. I get that, but if you don't have access to that, I mean, is there tools available? No, well, B is available. You, you know, and I'm, I'm really not, I'm not trying to plug no, Bia, no, okay. but, but there are companies like Bia there are, I'm sure, others out there who are prioritizing that. And there are some other job boards right now who are trying to make AI more of a thing instead of just keywords. But what we do is we prioritize that. If you're someone looking for a job, if you go on BIA, you make a free account, put your resume, you will get matched to every job in our database with, an, with a score of how compatible you are. And that score comes from 30... But isn't that based on keywords, though? It's not. It's not based on how keywords. How is it not? How, how do you circumvent that? Do you, are yeah. you actually like analyzing the actual work that needs to be done? Yeah, you can. Because most job descriptions are basically a hodgepodge of keywords. We well, need five years of this and four years of that. I mean, that's I think true, really we but... have to take it back down to the job description, really, and get companies to write better job descriptions. I have found, though, a lot of companies do write great job descriptions, or else we'd have nothing to pull off of. There are, of course... Listen, there's garbage out there everywhere, but there are a lot of businesses that are putting the effort into really trying to find a good candidate and they just can't because of this whole mess. They they don't want to search through so many resumes to find it. But I haven't found that to be a huge... I have found that they don't list salary a lot of the time, which I think is a problem because you should just be very transparent about how much you are going to pay someone for this job. I don't like that when they get to kind of decide, okay, well, this person, we could probably get away with paying them less, so we're going to. I think you should be transparent with how much you're going to pay someone. I, I get that. And I think you're supposed to give a range. You Most of them to don't. Give a range. You don't have to, but I just think you should. Well, so here's the thing. You had some changes in the law last year that basically stipulated that you can't ask what somebody's salary was, their current salary. Yeah. I want people to be able to respond and apply. I want to be able to be the person who makes that decision. Right? Yeah. When you put those things in there, maybe you might be losing that one person who's over the pay range because they look at it and they go, well, I'm over the pay range. It Listen, if silly, someone but... if someone is over the pay range, but they're willing to work for less, why are you turning them away? No, there's a lot of... No, that person might make the decision to not submit their resume because they're over the pay range. Well, then they don't have to apply there. Yeah, but that might be your best person. But then they're going to find out anyway. Why are you wasting your time? Maybe you can come up on the pay range for the right person. So there's a lot of... Yeah, a I lot can of, see that. You know what I mean? There's a lot of flexibility that's there. For me, I try to keep salary out of the loop as long as possible. Yeah. Because like you just said, people will accept jobs for less money. Sometimes. Or maybe they won't. And I just feel like if you're, if you're one of those people who... Let's say you're an attorney. I mean, you went to school for three years... You have been making $180,000 at a big law firm. You're probably not going to work for $60,000. You're just not. So why are we even wasting everyone's time? And that's a huge pay cut, but yeah. I but that happens though. I've actually made placements at startups for somebody who cut their salary in half. Yeah. It does happen. No, it does happen. Yeah. If maybe it's a different cause, maybe it's something they're passionate about. Maybe it's a different field they just want to get into. Maybe it's they, growth. It's, it's, it's growth. It's a bunch of different things. But yeah. let that person decide. That person, though, if you're looking at a, a job description, 
they might have their own bias, just like yeah. what companies have, right? And they might just, oh, well, it's out of my peer range. I'm not going to look at it. But I feel so, like if you don't put the salary there, it really goes against, it can start getting really messy with equal pay. You know, yeah. there are a lot of people, a lot of companies, this is why now there's so much awareness around this, where they'll see a woman come in for the same job interview and they'll give her less. All right. So what do we focus on if we don't focus on keywords? You can focus on skill, merit, experience. When you tell AI for this job, this is usually how many years this person went to school, what they've been doing at a certain company. These are softwares they're familiar in. And this algorithm can learn over time who is a good candidate for certain jobs. And I'm not saying this is the end all solution. You can't ever make sure someone comes on time. An algorithm cannot tell you the person's going to come dressed appropriately. Or whether or not they've been impactful in their role. Or exactly. Really it can't tell that. I'm just saying for basic skill level and merit, it should not be based on gender, socioeconomic background, race, which a lot of the times it is based on those three, the referral system. <laughs> You know, that, it, yeah. yeah, somebody's, somebody's friend who runs in a certain circle, you went to school worked. together, you were And you have to a be lot careful of, of that because that really doesn't cultivate diversity. No, but yeah. that maybe that's why we're in this position. Let's look at the job descriptions as, as a tool to be able to effectively attract that person, but also maybe give them a call to action or give them something that they can respond to other than a cover letter. Yeah. Cover letters are- I think it's outdated. The yeah. The resume is outdated. We did a show earlier to abolish the resume. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I mean, there's no reason to have a resume. Um, Most of it's full of lies. My old boss used to call it, it's a piece of paper with buzzwords and bullshit. Yeah. That's pretty much it. But it is a piece of paper with buzzwords and bullshit because that's how it's being screened. Look, the most valuable piece of a resume for me is the contact information for the person Absolutely. and their job history. Like I'll look at where they've worked and, and how long they stayed there. Yeah. This does show if you're hopping jobs every six months, you're really not bringing a product to completion. You're not, you're showing a track record. Yeah. And past performance is a key indicator of future performance. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Put it in your job descriptions, a call to action saying, Hey, before you send me this to resume, answer these three questions. That's an amazing first step on screening someone. Let's just see if they're even reading it because there are, I understand from an employer standpoint, you also get a ton of resumes that have nothing to do with the job you've posted. Oh yeah. You get somebody who's in there late at night and they're going, um, oh yeah, it might be really cool to be a, a marketing manager. And for sure. <laughs> when yeah. You, when you're actually changing the yeah. oil at Jiffy Lube. You know, I had a friend, she applied for, we were graduating college. She applied for a vice presidential position of like an insurance company. And I said, come on, what are you doing? She said, you know, weirder things have happened. And she's right. Weirder things have happened. You see people all the time working in places and you're like, how did you get here? Employer, <laughs> family, employer family, referral. Family exactly. Referral. But, you know, because of that, you have people just, it's so easy to just submit yourself. So maybe as an employer, that is a good thing. Yeah. You if can, you put in a call to action, you can eliminate it because I build that with my job descriptions for my clients. So I say, hey, look at, have a call to action. And we put in big, bold letters, if you don't send this, we will not respond to you. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of leave it to them. If there's no response to it, boom, you're in the trash. Yeah. And you know, no computer can filter out someone's personality, drive, passion, any of that. It can't. This is just a first step to screen who's coming in the door because HR professionals are wasting a lot of time 
that I know they don't want to be wasting on bad interviews. It's a non-starter. Like this person is never going to work here. How do they even get through? So I will tell you that I think that is on HR because that's an issue with phone screens. I think they need to pick up the phone more and talk to candidates and vet them. And have a process for vetting. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there who have terrible resume. But are amazing candidates. amazing people. Agreed. And there's people and I see some resumes that are like they have everything. They put every buzzword that you can possibly imagine. Yeah. They're yeah. probably not that good. You can tell by their career history. They hop every three months. Like, so that's a contractor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To eliminate that time issue, you're going to have to invest the time into an accurate, good phone screen with people to find out whether or not they're viable. Or a video. Oh, I'm not a big fan of video. Really? Why? Well, if you're doing a video conversation, it's great. But how many people are comfortable in front of a video camera? I I get it. Yeah. Not if, like a ton. If, like if you're looking for engineers, do you think you're going to get no. an engineer to sit in front of a camera and do like a, hi, my name's Bill. I'm an engineer and they're going to feel completely awkward. Yeah. And they're going to make a good impression. I like, though, the idea of a first video chat where you're having a conversation via video. That's great. Not necessarily record yourself, which I don't think is bad, but I think the video, I think a conversation would eliminate that fear aspect of it because at the end of the day you are going to have to talk to people and a lot of people want engineers with soft skills now so it's not just the code you have to be able to kind of talk to your team and you know all of that stuff is important so a video chat is a good way of absolutely especially with somebody who has to get in front of clients but you know and you need them to be able to yeah. present themselves well you should definitely be using zoom or you know one of the zoom video yeah platforms. i like zoom i love zoom yeah me too no zoom, but, should, like, <laughs> zoom should sponsor this. i know maybe <laughs> i'm gonna link it and send yeah. this to the ceo you should be taking advantage of that and i think where recruiters fail today is they're not reaching out and contacting they're actually just mm, i don't see where this person fits well and recruiters are doing exactly what <laughs> everyone else is doing they're just online <laughs> finding people or it's people they've worked with before. Maybe it hasn't worked out and they're back in the pipeline. Or somebody that, yeah, somebody that I've talked to. Somebody they've talked to. Or before. they're online reaching out to people who are already employed. The thing is, I think it was 70% of people who have a job are open to another job. I think that's, that's what it is. But how about all the people that don't have a job who would die for the chance? Some of those are unemployable, so if you think Some about of it, them are, but a lot of them aren't. I, I don't disagree with Especially you. Especially the first, you're starting your career out of college, ready for a job. A lot of them are employable. Well, you have the adverse, too. You have the people who are in their mid to late 40s and 50s and 60s who are still still very good workers. Their company went under. Yeah, whatever happened. Whatever happened, they and, they're back out there. Yeah, and those people are totally valuable people. As a, a leader, you should be looking at those, those alternative areas. I wish recruiters would too. I wish recruiters would speak to more people who are looking for a job instead of going on LinkedIn, finding people who are already in that role at another company and then poaching them. That's the easy way out. Yeah, that's a hard one to get to. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what are two or three key takeaways you'd like to give the audience? Yeah, I would like, number one, look for alternative ways to find a job or hire. Stay away from a keyword match. That's number one, because it doesn't work. And the reason this whole system is so frustrating is because of that. That's number one. Number two, don't be so open to referrals. It shouldn't just be who you know, who your friend knows, who your uncle knows. Open your mind to other people because we have all had a situation where referrals just don't work out. 
Well, you should vet those referrals like you would applicants. Yeah. You should vet everybody the same way. I agree. Your hiring process should be 100% about seeing how well they can do in that job. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show. (laughs) Don't worry. You're not the first and you're not going to be the last. I know. Okay. Ladan, thanks for your time (laughs) investment today. I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio Committee. So um, now what would be the best way in which uh, members of our audience could find you, Bia, and anything else? Yeah. So if they wanted to find Bia, the website is just B-E-E-Y-A dot com. Perfect. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so I guess, or Facebook. I guess that's an easy way. (laughs) Just Ladan Davia. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening and we welcome your feedback. After all, this show is for you. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or drop me a line at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Jack Copeland. Jack is the founder and CEO of Staffing Future. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you've been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.